Hey there, I'm Lindsay Divin, and I'm passionate about everything marketing, productivity, and career growth. With over 17 years of experience in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry, I know firsthand the ins and the outs of this exciting field. From my early days as a marketing coordinator to becoming an award-winning marketing professional and firm principal, I've learned the ropes through countless late nights and challenging deadlines. Now, I'm thrilled to bring you the AEC Marketing Strategies Podcast. Here, I'll be sharing simple yet powerful step-by-step marketing strategies that you can implement to achieve the same level of success. Consider me your go-to marketing mentor, someone who truly gets the unique challenges you face in the AEC industry. Whether you're an AEC marketing pro or industry newbie, this podcast is your personal coffee date with your marketing bestie. Together, we'll navigate the ever-changing landscape of online marketing and digital trends, ensuring you stay ahead of the curve. If you're ready to unlock the marketing secrets they never taught you in college and tailor them specifically to the AEC industry, then you're in the right place. Now, let's get started. Well, hey there, amazing marketer. It's Lindsay Divin, and I'm back with a brand new episode. I'm excited to dive deep into a subject that every marketer in the AEC space should master, and that is visualizing your marketing performance. And in this episode, it promises to be insightful, practical, and something that I hope you you can start applying right after listening to it. So let's dive in. Tip number one is understand the importance of data visualization. So if you're listening out there, raise your virtual hand if you can measure your marketing's efforts impact on your firm's business and your firm's growth. I'll wait. Are you raising your hand? Well, if you're not, you're not alone. Guess what? Only a quarter of marketers can say yes to that. And while this date, the data that I'm referring to is a little bit dated, it's from a 2014 Information Technology Services Marketing Association. It's a mouthful, ITSMA. It's from their 2014 survey. And 2014 was worlds ago. But I'm thinking that number still hasn't increased too much, especially in our AEC industry. And as a reminder from that survey, just 25% of the respondents of the marketing professionals that responded believe they could measure their marketing's effect on their business. And getting into that top 25%, that's our goal. That's my goal for you today. It's challenging, but building a solid and clear uh, marketing reports, marketing performance reports can make all the difference. And this clear reporting is essential because it helps your stakeholders that are not in marketing understand the data. It combines results from different sources because let's face it, we have different sources for our marketing efforts. It includes these marketing performance reports include visual aids and these visuals aid in better decision-making and it fosters better communication between you and other departments. And it shows you where you need to improve. And as marketers, our goal should be clear. Pick the metrics that showcase our value, plain and simple. And so that leaves me to tip number two, identify your marketing metrics. With 
countless metrics available, it's crucial to focus on what truly matters. Metrics should align with your goals. And these goals, they often fall into a couple of broad buckets. Those include brand awareness, firm growth, client satisfaction and retention, and content resonance. Let me give you a few ideas or a few examples of metrics in each of these broader buckets to give you some more ideas. So the brand awareness metrics, they can include your social media reach, your brand mentions, any media mentions of your firm, and events, and event attendance and engagement. Firm growth metrics, those include your pipeline, which you're probably most familiar with, your revenue growth, your client acquisition cost, Maybe some more advanced metrics can be your traffic to lead ratio. So your website traffic to, you know, how many people are filling out a form and your costs to sales ratio. How much is it costing you to get new business? So those are around firm growth, or I put those in the firm growth bucket. Now some client satisfaction metrics, those can include your net promoter score or NPS, your client retention rate, and and more advanced metric, your client lifetime value. It's a little bit harder to calculate, but it's also valuable. And then lastly, around your content, your content, so your content resonance metrics, those can include um, metrics like your conversion. So how many people are signing up for that webinar? How many people are downloading a checklist or a white paper? The time on page. So are they reading your content? And then are they in social engagement? Are they sharing commenting on your content that you put out on social media. And you're most likely not going to be tracking and reporting on all of these metrics. I mean, I just went through a dozen metrics. That's why you need to get clear on your marketing campaign goals. So you can choose which one of these metrics will show the performance that resonates with that goal. And it's not just the type of metrics you'll need to decide upon, which leads me to tip number three. Tip number three is determine how you'll attribute marketing touch points and the frequency in which you will measure. So now that we're thinking about these different metrics or KPIs, you may be thinking about how we can apply that to our industry, right? We're not e-commerce. Our new project leads come from, often they come from existing clients or relationships with existing contacts over a long period of time. And so there are some parameters you can think about and decide as a firm or for a specific campaign and how you will treat them. So let me give you an example. Suppose your firm is an exhibitor at a conference and an attendee stops by your booth and you engage in conversation with that person. You're identifying that this individual meets your new client criteria and they may have even expressed a need. And this is all relatively easy to measure by counting the number of booth visitors, number of leads, and number of of follow-up meetings that were scheduled after that conference. And then after the conference, maybe that person follows your firm on LinkedIn or Facebook, which again, some of the metrics, you can use social analytics to measure that. Maybe this person also perused your website, again, Google Analytics. From there, let's say that you have a monthly newsletter and they sign up for your newsletter. And that is easy to measure by looking at the analytics from your email marketing service, like a MailChimp or a HubSpot. 
then that prospect attends a webinar or downloads one of your case studies and, and maybe checks out other social media channels that you have. And again, you can view this, this information through your Google Analytics or your marketing automation tools. Well, then a few months pass and you continue to see their activity on your social media and your website. Say maybe they register for another webinar and maybe finally they begin to reach out for more information. You or one of your technical staff meet with this prospect and they start building an in-person relationship, a one-to-one relationship. Eventually the prospect maybe requests a formal proposal and you win the work. But now it's been like eight months later or 12 months later after that initial stop by your booth at that conference. So here's the challenge. Which one of these touch points should receive credit for the new client and the subsequent revenue that that client brings in? Should it be the conference where you initially met and grabbed their business card and added them to your database? Is it the webinar, since maybe that seemed to lead to an RFP? Or perhaps it was the meeting with you or your business development person that you had in like one-on-one with a prospect. And there really is no wrong answer, but you will need to decide. This is called campaign attribution model. Basically, there's a few models to show how you would count that lead. And for time purposes, I'm not going to go into detail um, You know, in this episode, maybe a future episode, but you can Google the phrase attribution models or marketing attribution models and see some of the the different models, you know, that can, that you can use. The idea is just to recognize this and make a decision on which attribution model you are going to use. So that's like part A of this tip. Part B of this tip is the timing. You also need to look at your campaigns at different points in time. Some marketers only measure their programs immediately after deployment. So in doing so, they You know, they might get a skewed view of the tactic or the campaign's effectiveness and miss some critical indicators. And so I believe you should look at metrics during the following phases. So yes, immediately. One phase is immediately. Did you get the responses you expected? Look at your successes, your targets, your investment per target, your demographic score, and so on and so on. So back to my booth example, did you set a goal for how many booths visits you wanted people to stop by, and then how many qualified booth visits you wanted to stop by. So that is the immediate. And then the next timing is two to four months. Did the campaign or the marketing initiative generate new leads? So new people you're adding to your database or new opportunities, new potential projects. And it might take two to four months or even more for a campaign or a marketing initiative to generate opportunities, particularly since the timing in our industry is just such a huge factor, right? You you might talk to them this year and they might not have a project for two years. So we get that. So you want to maybe do look at some of your company's historical data to get a sense for how long of a lead time till you see these opportunities. And then you you might want to look at, you know, let's say it's eight months from initial contact. Then you want to look at your campaign initiative over those eight months, you know, from when the initiative started and then over the next eight, maybe even 12 months. And then that leads me to periodic reassessment. You're, you might be getting successes and opportunities way beyond the initial program deployment. 
especially if it's a longer, like a longer program, like a big event or a, a content marketing campaign over several months. So you want to make sure you're constantly assessing how each initiative is doing over time. So that was tip number three, um, you know, how you're going to attribute those marketing touch points and then your timing and frequency of reporting. So when are you going to look at the results? Tip number four is then establish your own benchmarks and set targets. So a lot of people ask me, Lindsay, what should my website traffic be? Or what should, you know, if I put a form on my website, what's the conversion rate? And I tell them, look at your own benchmarks. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is looking at your historical data. So you don't, and you want to do this because how do you know if you're making progress with your marketing initiatives if you don't know where you started? It's like setting out on a road trip without that starting point. So let me break it down a little bit. So I always say to begin with your baselines. This is essentially a snapshot of where you stand today. It's a point of reference. Think of it as your zero mile signpost on that road trip. And just as no two journeys start from the exact same place, your business's baseline is uniquely yours. It's going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than the engineering firm down the street. So take a look at your current numbers, your present engagement rates, or whatever, whatever metric is most relevant to you in this marketing initiative. And that is your baseline. Write it down you know, record it somewhere. And then you move on to trends. In trends, when we look at trends, they're not about one-off successes or failures. They're about observing averages over a period of time. So how have you been performing on average over the last month, the last three months, or even the past year? Spotting these patterns let you see your peaks, your valleys, your plateaus, and it offers a more kind of understanding of what's going on with your marketing initiatives. So now with those benchmarks set, it's time to set your target then. So here's where things get fun and a little bit challenging. If you have sufficient historical data, use that as your foundation. So what was your growth rate last year? What were the spikes that correlated with that growth rate? Using this historical context gives you kind of a target and a touch of reality. If your website traffic is only growing by three, five percent, you're not going to set a target at 25%. That's unrealistic. But if you're venturing into uncharted territory or you don't have much past data, what do you do? And that's where I say your best guess comes in. And it sounds very unscientific, but trust me, sometimes just intuition, your marketing professional intuition combined with some market research and some industry standards can maybe guide your initial goals. Now, once your campaign is up and running, you might wonder, what am I doing? Well, there are a few ways to gauge that. You can compare your campaign's current performance to how did you do last month? Maybe the average of your last three months. And most importantly, comparing it to the, the current performance to the goals or the targets you've set in the tip earlier. So remember, the key isn't just about hitting those targets, but understanding the journey you're on and, and why you're going where you're going. 
By establishing your benchmarks and setting realistic targets, you're not just aiming for growth, but you're strategizing for consistent, informed progress. And you know me, I like I, I always like the phrase progress over perfection. You're not going to get it perfect the first time. So you need to be able to um, gauge your progress. So here's my challenge for you today. Take some time to set your own benchmarks. Assess where you are, chart out where you want to go, and then start tracking. You'll be amazed at how much clarity it brings to your marketing initiatives. All right, tip number five, decide on visualization software. So now we're getting into the tech stuff, and this is usually where people start. But I like, this is tip number five, or maybe even step number five. And I keep this to the end because you need to have clarity on the first four tips before you even know what software to need. you need. So, and I also say that most likely you already have the basic technology to get started. Microsoft Excel, an ERP system, or a CRM system like Deltech Vantage Point. And you have information from your social media channels. They all give you analytics. And you have an email marketing software. They give you analytics. And I am a huge fan of using software you already own first and starting to track and visualize your performance by hand. Let's say using Excel tables and charts. And doing that first so you understand where the data is coming from and what exact information you need to tell your marketing performance story visually. And this also ensures that you understand what's going on with your marketing performance. And it's quicker to get started. And you don't have to like go through hiring decisions or not hiring, buying decisions for new software. You can use the software you have. And then when it's time to purchase more powerful software, you'll know exactly what you need if you do this by hand first. So I always say start by hand using good old fashioned Excel. All right, and then tip number six, make sure you're using the correct graphic for the data. Visualizing data with charts and graphs, it is a powerful way to communicate information in a clear and concise manner. But you need to select the right chart or goals when you are building your marketing reports. It's important to consider the type of data being presented and the message that you need to be conveyed. Let me give you some examples. A line chart is appropriate for tracking website traffic over time, while a bar chart may be better for comparing the performance of different sources that are driving your traffic to your core marketing initiative. When creating your charts and your graphs, it's important to ensure that the data is accurate, that goes without saying, but that the visuals are clear and easy to read. So this might involve in choosing the right colors, fonts, and other design elements to make the data more visually appealing and engaging. Don't just stick to your brand colors if they're all different shades of blue. Do some variation in your color that is logical. Like if things are bad, red. If things are good, green. You know, stuff like that that we just already... um, intuitively know and can just pick up on by looking at. In addition to just charts and graphs, there are other visual aids that can be used to present your data in a more compelling way. Infographics, for example, can be used to present very complex information in a way that is easy to understand. So 
you know that I love giving you a real world example so you can see, or in this case here, how to apply these tips to your work. So I'm going to give you that. So let's say you're planning a marketing campaign and the primary aim of that campaign is to wake up old contacts, giving them a little nudge and reminding them why they interacted with you or worked with your firm in the past. And so this campaign's goal is um, could be something, we're going to use the SMART goal framework. And so the campaign goal would look like this. The S specific, we want to reactivate at least 20% of our dormant municipal contacts translating into actual meetings with our subject matter experts, SMEs, over the next half year, six months. We're going to M, measurable. We'll keep a close watch on our CRM to see how many of these rejuvenated contacts are scheduled, turn into scheduled meetings. So we're going to count the meetings. Achievable. Is it achievable? Our approach, we're going to do this through customized email campaigns and targeted social media content that will really get to the heart of what those municipal contacts care about. Are relevant. By doing this, we're aligning with our bigger picture, our firm's bigger growth goal of seeking more on-call work and optimizing existing contracts. And then T is time-bound. So we set our sights on twenty setting up meetings with 20% of these contacts in the next six months. And if you're unfamiliar, I went through that really fast. And if you're unfamiliar with the SMART goal framework, specifically for your marketing campaigns, you may want to go back and listen to episode 72, where I dive deep into setting up these SMART marketing goals. But let's push forward for today. So how do you measure the efforts of this marketing initiative, right? How do you translate your campaign's heartbeat into some tangible charts and some figures? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to identify the metrics to focus on. And the primary metric here is this revival of old contacts. And we're going to say the benchmark. So let's, you know, we're going to say 20% of these dormant municipal contacts. So we're going to look in our CRM and we're going to identify, we're going to build that email list of dormant municipal contacts. And we're going to take 20% of that. So let's say when we do that, that's 40 contacts. So we want to set up contacts with or meetings with 40 contacts. That's our benchmark. So our key performance indicators are going to be how are we going to track this? What are the metrics we're going to use? So we're going to use, we're going to, the number of meetings scheduled. So that's one KPI. We are going to look at our email marketing performance. So we're going to look at the opens, the clicks, the responses. Hopefully they're reply, we're writing these. So they just reply back. And then we're going to measure our social media buzz. So some of the likes, shares, and comments on those specific posts that we are using for this campaign. And the timing, what we're going to do is we're going to report every 60 days. So once per month for the next six months. And then the tech and tools we're going to use, we're going to use our trusty email software for our, outward, our, our outreach, our social media channels. We're going to focus on maybe, let's say we focus on LinkedIn. So we're going to use those just analytics from LinkedIn. And then good old-fashioned Excel. I keep tabs of this. So... In an Excel worksheet, this would be your dashboard here, and you would map out how many old contacts are coming back into the fold month by month by month. And because I'm giving you, I'm all about giving you the tools that you need, inside my content marketing clarity course, I've got an Excel template primed for this purpose. But you could just set up your own and then just do a line, you know, number of meetings, 
set, you know, email statistics. But inside Content Marketing Clarity, I give you the shortcut. I give you an Excel template, I plus a, a PowerPoint report template um, for those moments when you need to present your results. And trust me, there's plenty more where that came from to get your marketing content strategy just firing on all engine, firing on all cylinders. And when you're listening to this, there's just a few more days to enroll in content marketing clarity. So head over to marketerstakeflight.com forward slash clarity to learn more and save your spot. This course will not open again until 2024. So again, that's marketerstakeflight.com forward slash clarity. Now let's sum up today's episode. Visualizing your marketing performance is not just about producing pretty charts. It's about the clarity, the focus, and the the guidance to provide action and decision-making. By using these tips, not only will you craft a compelling narrative, but you'll also champion a culture of data-driven decisions. So let me recap those tips for you. So tip number one was understand the importance of data visualization. Tip number two, identify your marketing metrics. Tip number three, determine how you'll attribute marketing touch points and the frequency of what you will measure. Tip number four, establish your own benchmarks and set targets. Tip number five, decide on visualization software. And tip number six, make sure you're using the correct graphic for the data. And before we wind up, I have some exciting news. For those keen to deep dive into content marketing strategies, I've designed the Content Marketing Clarity course. And that course starts soon. So secure your spot over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash clarity. Okay, we've come to another end of another episode. I hope today's deep dive into marketing metrics and visualizing those metrics sparks some new strategies and ideas for your marketing initiatives. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And as always, let's continue making an impact with our marketing. Until next time, bye for now. Oh, 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 o